Keith Barney. Magic Mike Indeglio. Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. This episode should have posted 10 hours ago. If a podcast episode doesn't drop in the forest, does anyone who doesn't listen give a shit? <laughs> and welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast. Going over David E. Kelly's Emmy Award winning The Practice, we are up to Season 2, Episode 20, Cloudy with a Chance of Meat... <laughs> oh, that was great. <laughs> I was doing so well. Were we? Uh, uh, well, you know, I, it was clearly what it's referencing. All right, cloudy with a chance of membranes. So, speaking of membranes that aren't working, how you doing, Degs? I'm doing great. Uh, my life, much like the naming uh, conventions of the practice, is uh, pretty up and down in tone. Yeah, no, I I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> but. Despite those various uh, obligations, both positive and negative, Keith, here we are. We're getting in under the wire, but we're going to get it in. (laughs) Well, a little over the wire, but hopefully our, our, you know, just touching the end of it. That's okay. So uh, we have a very exciting episode today because we get to start out with... So we have heard from a couple of very important people this week. We uh, would you like to start us off, Mr. Indeglio? I will. So, uh, you know, it's been a few weeks since we uh, heard from Tom Brady. and Well, I mean, he's in training camp. He's very busy. The preseason has started. That's he's, true. Uh, uh, he's adjusting to his new helmet. That's right. He's adjusting to his Better new helmet. Better than Antonio Brown. He's, uh, he's getting those vegan shakes. He, like most of us, is suffering through the preseason. Yeah, but hey guys, we're talking a little sports ball here on the Out of Practice Podcast. <laughs> I know, I know. When when you're the practice podcast is more interesting than football, it can only mean it's preseason. <laughs> that's making a lot of assumptions, but yeah, yeah that's anyway. true. So anyway, so, so are you telling me that we've heard from Mr. Tom Brady? We've heard from him twice, in fact. Have we really? It turns out what I am uh, my conspiracy theory is that. Oh wait, 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 wait! Hold on, we have a thing for that. If I can find it. Uh, wait. <laughs> Hold on. Before we do conspiracy theory, we have to play this. We should know that fact. <laughs> we should know that thing. But we don't know, Jack. Because you're not listening to a better podcast. It, it seems like I played the melancholy version this time. Yeah, I just remembered that. I liked that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, so the, what I, the reason I played that, because it took me f- like 45 minutes to find this. Conspiracy theory. All right, so let's hear your conspiracy theory. 
Well, it's not really conspiracy theory. I just said that, which then prompted you to play that. And now we're 20 minutes in already. (laughs) (laughs) I think that Tom Brady must listen to the podcast on like an off day because or on Tuesdays, because we've been unfortunately having to record on the day we like to release, which has really cramped our style a little bit. So. Oh, yeah, because our style is so good when when we're not rushed. So anyway, I think when we were recording our last two episodes ago where we were begging Tom to write us, he was in the process of writing us saying that he uh, appreciates the sentiment of our last podcast, which I think is when we were talking about. Oh, no, wait, hold on. Wrong one. Wrong one. Yeah, we already read that one. Oh, yeah. Two, two, I guess two episodes ago, we had said that uh, something about a speech or we're going to give Tom Brady an oopsie. He just said, I have my speech already written and my clothes picked out. I'm just waiting for you to award me my first oopsie. And he posts. Oh, yeah. He's posted us a picture of uh, him and of himself in a tuxedo, a tuxedo looking really dapper, looking looking very sharp. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I guess we'd have to have a discussion like, uh, what category of oopsie would Tom Brady be eligible for? Right. So that discussion, notwithstanding, uh, yes, we didn't have a chance to read that email whilst we were recording. We hadn't received that email before we recorded the following episode, because I think this is really up. interesting. Yeah, right. So he then wrote back and said, well, since you ignored my last email. Oh, snap. I just had to go out and get my own trophy. So he then trolls us with a picture of Tom Brady holding up the Lombardi trophy <laughs> from last season. Uh, look how skinny and malnourished he looks by the end of the last season. Yeah, well, you know, that's the opposite of me. I start the season fat, and then I finish the season fat. So at that point, Keith, I will be the first to admit that I felt a little scared because I was like, man, have we now started an an antagonistic relationship with Tom? But he put a postscript that said, just Ah. just kidding, but I still really want my oopsie. Love, Tom. Okay. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah, we're, we're, you know, you know what? Okay, people write in. I want uh, listener suggestions for what category of oopsie Tom Brady can get. That's do true. Do we invent a new one? Do we, uh, you know, see if he was an extra or something? We can get him on the show. We're gonna have yeah, to find got, out. Or what six degrees of separation can someone come up with to get Tom enough, close enoughly associate? Asso- I can't speak. Forget it. Associated. <laughs> no, associated. <laughs> how many how can we get him closely enough associated with someone or something that appears on the practice that we can get him an oopsie well okay well uh, the, we'll have to figure that out but speaking of closely associated what was it associated 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 uh we we had uh we had something very important happen on our instagram this week i would call it a milestone it was a milestone which Uh, once we tell you what it is, I'll tell you why it gave me agita. (laughs) Are you going to start using a pseudonym this this week? (laughs) I know. I used a pseudonym on our last podcast. Because I get weird. Anyway, point being, none other than Bobby McDonald himself. (laughs) Bobby Donald. Dylan McDermott liked our Instagram this week. So, uh, we have, we have shown up somewhere on his payroll somebody noticed us well keith i then logged into our our instagram to check that out and if i'm not mistaken now they might have changed the policies so i don't want to uh, put the cart too far before the horse here but last i checked you couldn't message someone directly on instagram unless they were also following you back or is that twitter 
I have no idea. Because it gave us the it gave us the option to message him. To which, slide into his DMs? Yeah, which would mean to me that he that somehow or his assistant or his social media person followed us. No, I think we would know that. Mm, yeah, it would have said so and so. No, he didn't away. comment. He just liked it. He didn't slide into our DMs. Right. Everyone calm down. Tom, well, calm he's, down. He's Dylan slid into everybody else's DMs on the show, so I thought maybe the least he could do. <laughs> No, no. Well, and you know uh, the other thing going on in in the uh, the real world, Cameron Mannheim is running for a very important SAG position, mm-hmm. and so uh, we we of course endorse Cameron Mannheim. For we her position fully at SAG. endorse Cameron for her position that I don't even know what it is. Uh yeah, I know. I'd have to look it up. Uh, okay, well, we'll have that for you next week. We'll have that for you next week, and we'll yeah, we will definitely, but we wholeheartedly endorse. But here's why this gives me agita. Because I don't, I have such mixed feelings about involving the cast or the writers or anything that in the podcast, because, you know, we're, we're kind of idiots. <laughs> we talk, we, you know, we talk about nonsense that, you know, and, and going off, like not even half cocked, like, no, we don't like even have a quarter this, cock, not even a quarter cock. And, uh, and so I'm like, I mean, we certainly could like reach out to people and see if we can get people on on and this that the other thing like you know it's not so inconceivable that we could talk to some people who worked on the show but i don't think that's a good idea because we're just a bunch of chuckleheads that see that seems like something that would be more appropriate for this is time to ignore someone for a side position but we don't feel like we are in a good position to do that because this isn't a better podcast yeah, so I th- that, that was that was really excellent. I thought I'd try a patter one. <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel like you know involving the actual real people should be reserved for uh, when somebody decides to do the professional version of the practice podcast. We you know, just got started first because right. it wasn't available on streaming. So we want so we, we just want to our- we want to blaze the trail, not necessarily do the work of you know hiking the trail actually that's literally what blazing the trail means <laughs> i know i couldn't come up with a great analogy but actually my... blazing the trail is the hardest part we're like the sherpa set in lines truth be told and we have been upfront about this from the get keith yes rules that we had set when we began this whole podcast strictly said that we could not have any guests and we right. could never take it too seriously so right. in order to like invite someone on and do the pre-work of like having a good interview prepared or to have actual like interesting things to say would require some work. And that's really against the spirit of what we're doing here. Well, and beyond that, it, were we to invite somebody on, they might listen to an episode just to know oh, what they were worst getting case into. Scenario. Worst case scenario. That is the worst case. case. But Keith, I should say, uh, to piggyback on what we said last week, Despite our best efforts of just shitting the bed constantly, people are listening and they're listening quickly. Like the second it drops, people are listening. So to those who are, we apologize, but also thank you. If you'd like to continue listening, please tell some friends so that more people do. And maybe we start to take it more seriously. Also, no, that well, that's not going to happen. We, we will in. We enjoy every listen. We're we're grateful for every listen, but we will never take it more seriously. I'll tell you, I'll make you a different deal. If you do okay. decide to listen, do tell some friends, and every friend you tell, also throw them the link to the Wisdom of One podcast, an actual podcast who gives a shit and is trying hard. Give them a listen. 
they take it much more seriously. <laughs> Boy, is that the truth? Yeah, that's that's the uh, the D and D podcast I do with my brothers, which I am actually back to backing tonight. Yeah, Keith's double fisting. As, as soon as we finish this tonight, I'm going to be popping on my Skankra hat and trying to start some nonsense. Uh, but you can write us out of practice podcast at gmail.com. Check us out at out of practice podcast.blogspot.com, which Keith have to say you're doing yeoman's work. It's pretty fucking awesome. You know, I am screenshotting like a motherfucker. You can check us out on the Instagram. I will be sued at, at out of practice podcast. And my, what I've done this week to try to up my game is I actually did turn the air conditioner off. And I'm already sweating. Keith doesn't oh. has already subscribed. I have to put a noise gate on his on his sound files because all he can hear in the goddamn background is air conditioners. But <laughs> you, I got gated. You got gated. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think that's enough bullshit. Let's talk about this week's episode, "Cloudy with a Chance of Membranes," season two, episode twenty. Yes, and this was aired on February sixteenth, nineteen ninety eight. A beautiful Monday evening, and you know what that means? It is time to talk about this no. day in the basement. Oh, oh I know, because like, I usually like I, I have the run, and it's time to talk. It's when I give myself time to find it, but I'm off my game. Well, Keith, I'm sure we're going to hear about what the top movies and songs were this day. In fact, let's start there because it piggybacks into what I was doing pretty well. Oh, do tell. All right. Well, first off, guys, it is baby making time because the number one song was Usher, Nice and Slow, which just, I mean, nothing has even started and I feel dirty. Now, you know, uh, Usher's protege is the Beebs, and I think in this, at this, at 1998, Beebs was either a baby or just a twinkle in somebody's eye. He might have, yeah, he might not even have been born. It's possible, it's, wait, it's possible that the Beebs was conceived to this song. Hold on, I have to tell you, I have, now I need to know when Beebs was born. <laughs> I mean, this is a, a level of smooth I have never and will never achieve in All right, my so Beebs was born March 1st, 1994, so Beebs is only oh. just under four years old while this song is out. All right, well, he's not old enough. Anyway, but he... Actually, he's probably not old enough yet to see Titanic, which was rolling its sixth week on top of the charts, pulling in $28 million. The cover of the Burlington Free Press talked about the exciting question of should we have mandatory preschool in Vermont? And also... There was a headline that says, U.S. Maternity Benefits Least Generous. Well, I'm glad we solved that. Keith, is there mandatory preschool in Vermont now? I, I don't know. Oh, I'm I not, see. but I'm not going to play the pod, I'm not going to play the bumper again for not knowing. Do you? Are you still friend? Did you go to preschool? I did indeed. I went to a. I, I truly consider it one of the most magical places in the world. I went to the Poker Hill School, which was a uh, preschool and a kindergarten there as well, which was uh, on my parents' dirt road. It was. It used to be a barn that they converted, and it, it, it burned down the night that I looked at it, actually, strangely enough. But they have uh, horses and, and uh, sheep and animals and... 
a pond. It was really a remarkable place, run by David and Beth London, who are two of the finest people I know. Poker Hill? Poker Hill School, yes. Well, and it was Poker Hill Road that I grew up on. I mean, I'll do it since you asked, but I've never met her or her hill, so... No, no, that's inappropriate. We're talking about a preschool. A sweet, wonderful, open-hearted preschool that teaches you how to be a good person, Degs. Now, if do you'd you... gone to Poker Hill, you wouldn't have made that joke. Are you still friends with anybody from preschool? Oh, yeah, quite. Actually, um, you know, my uh, my oldest friend from Vermont went to went to Poker Hill with me. Yeah, well, my oldest friend from back in the day went to nursery school. We didn't call it preschool. We referred to it as nursery school. I went to Upper Marion Area Baptist uh nursery school i was not baptist but that's just where i went that's interesting i'd you know on another podcast i'd love to hear what like what was different about your nursery school because it was baptist my sister also married a man who went to nursery school with me no kidding interesting anyway keith titanic was awesome and i did see titanic however The weekend prior to this Monday where this episode airs, I was actually seeing the opening weekend of a different movie, which I've seen hundreds of times since, and it holds up to this very day as one of the funniest really? movies. Hundreds? I, I I don't know if I said hundreds, but... You did say hundreds. Well, I don't know if I meant it, but I did have seen it many, <laughs> many, many, many times. One of my absolute favorites uh, from the trailer. Let's see... Uh, Oh, God, you're going to try to run YouTube and it's going to crash everything. I just feel like I can still, I feel like I can do it. Before the internet, before cell phones, before rollerblades, there was a time. Everybody on the dance floor. Very nice, Grandma Molly. When Robbie Hart was the most popular wedding singer around. Oh, wedding singer. The Wedding Singer. Yeah, that was an interesting, interesting movie. I, interesting? You, oh, it's a goddamn comedic I, classic, I, I think. No, I, it was fine. I liked it. Did you, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, what were your thoughts on the musical? I actually thought the musical was pretty good also. Um, it's also one of my favorite casting stories. Uh, there's a certain casting director in town um, who is famous for sort of letting you think you, making you think you got a job when you didn't really get it. <laughs> and I was in final callbacks for this the the tour that went out of this one of the tours that went out and um the an XYZ casting director really led me to believe he just when I left <sighs> the room he winked at me and he was like they loved it wink wink which to me oh, means fuck. get ready you got, it. You got yeah. it so I didn't get it I didn't even get a cover in it I didn't get anything to do with it like <laughs> straight up nothing um so uh you know are we talking about the ups and downs of our life yeah. But uh, regardless, I, I think that the I really enjoyed the show. It was it was really funny, different, t- totally different. But I, but I thought it was pretty good as well. Yeah, I I mean, I think it had it, one of the most genius opening numbers mm-hmm. out there, and then it never quite landed past that for me personally. Yeah, I but, I think that Rock of Ages sort of does the same thing but better. It's like there's no real book to it, but and then they went more the right. Camp this sort route, of like but, nostalgia of the '80s yeah. and the rocks. Yeah, no, no, I think that's I think that's true. It's funny. I saw that um, the night I saw that. I also went to a midnight screening of Superman Returns. Oh, <clears throat> and full on fell asleep. But I think that's just because I even even then was an old person who couldn't stay up past midnight. Yeah, well, good good lord, I know it. I was dry, well. I'm just, I've got anecdotes upon anecdotes. But anyway, that's what I was doing this day in the basement. What about you, Keith? 
Okay, well, I'll I'll be quick because we've been we've been gibbering on for uh, over twenty minutes already. Uh, yeah, so this this was I believe this week was the weekend that I auditioned for the school that I actually went to. Yeah, I went out to uh, Rochester, New York. I had I had the options of New York City or Boston or Pennsylvania. No, I went I ended up going to school in Rochester, New York. Uh, but. It was because the uh, it was the Eastman School of Music and had just it was like the most down to earth, coolest vibe of everyone I got of all the schools that I went to. So that's why I chose it. Um, turns out it wasn't so down to earth <laughs> once I got there. Um, but my favorite story from that was uh, I think it was the the night right after the audition. My father and I went to the Holiday Inn, which is where we were staying. And they had the terrible mistake of offering all-you-can-eat crab legs. <laughs> and I believe we might have closed that restaurant. Uh, we, I think we, we got into such a rhythm that they knew to ask when they threw the plates in front of us, should we start the next one? <laughs> so I think we each went through six or seven plates of crab legs. So sorry, Holiday Inn in uh, Rochester. Keith, can I? But that, that was really fun memory. Can I hijack the last twenty seconds of your uh, your this day in the basement just to say this? I also worked yeah. in Rochester for a little bit of time, and the only two things I found memorable about my time in Rochester were a uh, something that Rochester has sort of coined called the I think the garbage plate. Uh huh. Sure. Which was just like hot dogs and all kinds of shit all scrambled together. Just, it's like literally whatever garbage they'd already pre cooked. They just threw it on a plate. Which was I really enjoyed because I was like a fat guy at the time, and also a production of Sweeney Todd that I saw at the Eastman School of Music. Really? What year? Circa two thousand three or four, I'd say. I think it was like the year after I graduated. I found it. I found or or two years after. Yeah, they just decided to go like. Very, uh, they had like ribbon, red ribbon for the blood, but also it was really whatever they did, uh, it was really memorable. I really en- remember enjoying it. Oh, they did really good. I mean, I did a lot of those productions. I did Passion there. I did, oh, I love Passion. You know, and of course, we did Boam and we did, uh, but then you uh, mentioned all you can eat crab legs, which is what literally what yeah. I was doing last night because all my mom wanted her f- for her birthday this year, which was yesterday, was to go oh, happy to birthday, Mrs. Was to go to a crab shack and eat all you can eat. Crab legs, which is what I did yesterday. No shit. And she shut that place down. So we'd <laughs> like to officially say happy birthday to Rita and Deglio. Happy birthday, Mom. All right. Well, a woman after my own heart. Okay. Well, gosh, I think after all of that, let's. I think it's time to dive into an episode about a, a Legoed lady. Yes, absolutely. Season two, episode 20, Cloudy with a Chance. Oh, I can't say, you say the title, I can't say the word. Cloudy with a chance of membranes. The first comedic title we've had, really. Exactly. It was uh, written by David E. Kelly and directed by Denny Gordon, who you would remember actually directed the previous episode, which is kind of part two of, I mean, part one of this series. Which brings us to my favorite segment. What does Mike think's gonna happen? Even though this week you I already tuned. know. <laughs> you tuned your guitar. Holy shit. I did, man. It was time. Oh. <clears throat> Boy, you know, 
That was the better podcast. Well, since this is part two of an episode we started last week, I'm going to imagine we get into the trial that has destroyed, mutually decided upon, but literally still destroyed uh, Helen and Bobby's relationship. So I imagine my hope is that we're going to spend the whole episode on this trial and not focus on other shit. Although, chance of membranes, we must be... Oh, he, well, he he dismembers the bodies, so I imagine that's what we're Well, also... To. now. Those of us who are nerds and pay attention when the episode plays, that was the note that the poet wrote, the serial killer, the poet, wrote and left with the body. Now, of course, they determined the poet didn't do it, mm. but that was the that was the note left on the body of the legoed lady. All right. Well, uh, all that said, Keith, I feel like now might be an appropriate time to go ahead and begin the episode. I feel like we should. Okay, well, we're going to air an ad right here. Okay, we did it. I love how you tell people when we're going to play the ad. No, I'm, really, no, really I'm not telling people. I'm telling myself. So when I scrub through, I remember where to put it. <laughs> Never give the jury a chance to think that you're not devoted. Or the media. The fact that the jury sequestered doesn't matter. Newspapers get through, television too. They'll say he came to kill her that night. We'll say he came to see her the day of. They'll say he got scratched while attacking her. We'll say she Guys, scratched we are him prepping. while making love. They'll say, where's the semen? We'll say, A. Where is the semen, Keith? Hmm. She took a bath. B, he wore a condom. Every red herring has to be covered. They'll be running them so up. We're seeing the Bobby's firm the prepare. We're also seeing Helen's firm prepare. We'll see as we go. Helen's firm being Hair, the district attorney's office. fibers. Nothing we can't explain. Keith, I think it should also be noted that uh, due to the recent technical issues we've been having, not only are we not on Hulu this week, we're not even on my ripped versions from uh, FX. FX. I'm getting, like, original airing from UPN 11 in Philadelphia that I had to oh, rip, it... rip from an unsavory YouTube site. <laughs> well, how do you know it's it, UPN 11 in Philly? So it was, it was your local one. So it was. had you been watching tonight, this is what you would... No, yeah. but it wouldn't have been the original airing because it was on ABC. No, correct. This is airing like reruns that ran on UPN, which on is UPN like a local 11. affiliate. We got to take out the mother. Those threats come in. Are you set on that? Yes, but uh, don't figure to suppress. And if we don't suppress, figure the mother to testify first. They might lead with DNA. I'm not leading off with the DNA. It'll put the jury to sleep. We go with the victim's mother. She's ready. I've been over her testimony over up and down. With her again. If you happen to have audio epilepsy, all of these swoosh cuts might cause some uh, nausea. We don't give them a chance to take wax at you. Nausea? I'm sorry. How's the word talking going for either one of us this episode? You've never asked me if I'm innocent. You think Bobby Donald gives a shit? I am. Mm hmm. Expedited Just to recap, our, uh, our defendant All is right. played by Chris Sarandon. Ready. ready? Okay. That doctor cut off Cindy Mark's head. Now we go after his. Oh, snap. You know, okay, while, the, so. while, the, while the credits are running, you know, one of the things yeah. we didn't cover in filing and, filings and subpoenas is that one of our posts on Instagram got a comment that uh, some random listener loves Laura Flynn Boyle. So uh, shout out to all the Laura Flynn Boyle I mean, no, fans no, no, out there. Not a random listener. A, Laura, a, a, a very specific and important listener who likes Laura Flynn Boyle, as yes. we do as well. Uh, as or I affectionately love to call her dark hair. 
<laughs> dark hair. <laughs> so one of the things that I don't know was clear because we were talking over it, three months have passed between the last episode. So they've been prepping for this trial for three months, which I think is cool. I really like that element of uh, epicness to the story. You're the same reporter who's been calling. You don't think I know your voice? Do you recognize my click? Some of the expected Ooh. juice has dripped Snap. away, Janet. It seems D.A. Gamble and defense attorney Donald are no longer romantic partners. Sources say other than trial correspondence, communication has been sparse between them. Rebecca Vicky shook her head in disgust. She doesn't morning, like that their personal the business is the covering this trial. Whether or not Lorraine Marks gets to testify about the well, threats that Winslow know. made to her daughter. Is it why is it's or, so this reporter is doing a stand-up in the courtroom? Why is the camera handheld? It's like it's bobbing Cindy and weaving like crazy. Was in an excited state when she said these things. We're not made. just dealing with Cindy Marks' statements to her mother. We're dealing with supposed statements made by my client to Cindy Marks. I don't care how excited she was when she was talking to her mother. She was passing things on that he said to her. That's hearsay too. His statements would be declarations against interest. Come on, Helen. I know you went to law school. I was there. I have check to that all right I've now keith really important and mature question oh please watching Lindsay and helen go at it like this is that is that flooding bobby's basement you think heard enough the test i have heard Mrs. enough is thank, thank you objection. after lunch objection. adjourned we haven't heard that bumper in a while. An extremely big win for the prosecution, Jim. We, Absolutely. Yeah, and it's the not because we're not objectionable. <laughs> the prosecution Just too many. easily prove the affair. That's not a problem. But motive to kill, the threats to kill, that all comes from Lorraine Marks, and she could be very tough for the defense. Actually, Keith, mm. it's not a handheld camera. The stand-up that this guy's doing, too, it's that there's a handheld camera filming the TV that they're watching. No, yeah. you think? Yeah. To crack. I apologize. I'll have to watch. It keeps coming back, not and I'm like, why is the cameraman drunk? But apparently, take time out from your it might not be the diegetic lives. cameraman. But it might be the director. Because we're asking you to focus the on the very worst human nature has to offer. Murder. This was a gruesome, sickening crime. He cut off her head. Legoed. He chopped off her hands. Legoed. And her hands, too. And as we yeah. go through the facts of this case... Did not cut her difficult. at the midsection. That would have been a, compl- a full Lego. This is only a half Lego. Painful to face a reality that sometimes underneath coats and ties and well-groomed appearances, there lie murderers. Ooh. There lies one here. The fancy murderers. Yes, there was sex and love and passion. Jeffrey Winslow was having an affair with the victim. Listen to the prosecution. When's the last time we heard Bobby litigate? Uh, I think when he was getting himself off for murder. ...case closely. All it will prove is what I just told you. My client had an affair with Cindy Marks. That's all they've got. Because that's all there is. Yes, somebody did kill her. But it wasn't Jeffrey Winslow. I mean, it's a pretty shitty opening statement. Clearly, so that's what you're going to say. Conversation it wasn't my guy. Ma'am, three days before she was killed. I mean, what else could he she say, really, you? though? No, I'd called her. And I 
saw that she was very upset. Did she tell you why she was upset? This is the victim's mother. We met her last episode. Sydney and I never really communicated much on her private life, since I usually disapproved of it. So she never told you the cause of her being upset? Eventually, she did. When I pressed her on it, she told me. She said her relationship with Dr. Winslow was becoming ugly, volatile. She said she wanted to make public their involvement, and he threatened her. Does she have a cold? He key? said if she tried to expose the affair, I don't know. She could stop her. Either a cold Did or like 14 packs a day, or maybe she's like yes. trying to do a thing like she's she been crying a lot. She was scared that he might hurt her. Thank you, Mrs. Marks. Bobby's you staring her down like you wouldn't believe. Like to discuss her private life with you. Yes. Might she go so far as to conceal her personal life from you? She might. Given that your daughter might conceal her This is the first life, time I think we've had is it possible that now she was three also of the firm's lawyers litigating. In addition to my client, That's true. And she would try to conceal that. Well, we hired the whole I firm for a million dollars. So. That's right. Million dollar retainer. Yeah. You, you see that man sitting there? Who is he? His name is Kenneth Fuller. He's Sydney's ex-husband. Could you describe your feelings for him? Not good. Not good. Uh, would it be fair to say that you dislike him a lot? That would be fair. Your daughter knew that? No uncertain terms. Suppose, Mrs. March, just suppose, your daughter resumed the relationship with this man. You disapprove? Strongly. Strongly. Knowing that, is it possible Cindy would want to hide that fact from you? Your Honor, I don't think is she... Is it possible that Kenneth Fuller was the one that was threatening her? She and said in it her was hysteria, him. she just Eugene, you're badgering, motherfucker. She wasn't hysterical. She was out of Objection. control, ranting. No, she ranting. wasn't ranting. She was calm. Well, also, also, like in in the real world, there's no way Eugene would be allowed to speculate like that. So she was calm and collected. Yes. Also, can you have two objections and the judge didn't rule one way or the other on them? He just kept talking over her. That's true. Linda, you, you got you got a rule. At this time, we now move to strike the hearsay testimony of the witness. The excited utterance exception no longer applies. Sidebar. I'm afraid not. Members of the jury, I'll try to make the lesson short. The fact that the victim made these alleged statements while calm instead of agitated makes a big legal difference. Bottom line, they're no longer admissible. That means there is no evidence before you that a relationship was turning ugly. There is no evidence of any threats. As far as you're concerned, those threats never happened. Which I Good still work, contend, Eugene. Yeah, which I still contend is one of the weirdest parts of our legal system. That you can say something in court and then tell the jury you never heard that. Yeah, well, it it puts a tremendous burden on the jury to take that into account. To you know, to which I'm I'm sure jury to jury that's effective or not. It's an it's an odd rule the the utterance rule. If it's said in the heat of passion, it counts, but if it's calm, it's not. I don't. I I would love to see more of an ex- explanation or more of a. Uh, because I mean, they explained what it, the rules were. I would love to know why that rule is that way, mm-hmm. and maybe explore that a little bit. But um, you know, on my own experience as a jury, we were given very specific instructions on what was relevant and what was not relevant. And at least, I mean, I wasn't the foreman like you, but like we actually stuck to that pretty well, and and did make an effort to 
uh, delete all of the irrelevant stuff that may have clouded the judgment. Calm down, Helen. You told me she was prepped. You said you went up and down. I did. He spun her. She's not a rocket scientist. We're the ones who look stupid. The jury still heard it. Legally, it may be excluded, but the jury still heard what she said. I can't argue with my closing argument now. There is a lot of DNA scientific crap between now and the time that jury goes to deliberate. And I still love Bobby. I mean, I I mean. I can't (laughs) those threats in my closing argument now, can I? But we should do this. I know that lawyer from somewhere. So Helen's co-counsel is played by Austin Titchener. Teichner? Titchener. I don't know. Better podcast, but no. You might know him from 24, Mr. Sterling. He also plays the same character on three episodes of Ally McBeal. Titchener. Titchener. Tickner? See? Teichner, Tickner, Titchener. We're terrible. Mistrot. It's an option. Since the trial's only a day old, there's a chance we could still get it. And why would we want to do that? Because the jury did hear about the threats, and it's a tough bell to unring. And the next jury wouldn't hear about them. Okay, then why not? As for mistrial. Why not? It's because the prosecution came out stumbling. First impressions count, and I think their case is so circumstantial to begin with. I say we keep going. If we let them start over, we give them time to regroup, plus they can do more discovery. (laughs) I'm with Lindsay. Who's next? I counted there are three fans in this scene. Bobby, you walk around all day asking, are you ready? Are you ready? Of course I'm ready. We are all ready. Okay. I feel sort of like this is an Avengers, Avengers type movie. Like we've seen them all with their own different little cases and now they're all, they're all prepping together. They're working together. I love it. No, I do too. I mean, it's, it's fun to see the whole firm work together. Yeah. Like you said, Avengers assemble. We keep going. They'll ruin it. He'll bang Lindsay on a couch or something. Oh, goodness. Bobby, what's the matter? He liked our podcast. We can't say stuff right. like D- that anymore. Dylan, I heart you. You complete me, Dylan. <laughs> oh, get that something piano just in doesn't smell right. Something doesn't There's smell something right. Did you, clear those, did you clear those pizza boxes from the conference room? <laughs> now we're looking I through mean, a, a, rainy, a rain-soaked window into Lindsay doing some prep. Seems Helen. like she's Helen. God Dark damn hair. it, darker. <laughs> so you made a determination that the killing was the work of a copycat. Yes, upon doing the autopsy. How did the autopsy tell you this? Well, the victim was killed by trauma to the head, though it was made to look like a stabbing, which would be consistent with the poet. Also, we found that Miss Mark's wounds were more clinical. What do you mean, clinical? Ligaments were incised individually. Hmm. The person who did it cut through the soft tissue. Meaning what? Meaning this likely was the work of a doctor, perhaps a skilled surgeon. Oh, now, uh, all right, now, so stop there. There's no, that's a clear objection. You would never allow, like, you should never allow the, uh, the person to, well, it's, he's speculating. Speculation, yep. I mean, the question would be, would it be indicative of somebody who had medical training? Whatever, whatever, whatever. But you don't just let the witness introduce something like that. That's a. I, I, I say from my experience ha- with zero hours of legal training, but I've watched a lot of legal shows. I feel like that's an objection. Uh, this witness has talked long enough and, and yeah. made such a. Pathologist! Lego engineer! <laughs> 
That is Ryan Catrona. You you might know from Scandal, The Brink, Sons of Anarchy, 24, Mad Men, The West Wing, and was in the remake of Psycho. Anything else, Doctor? Yes, though there was evidence of intercourse. There was no bruising to suggest rape. And what conclusions, if any, did you draw from this? That the victim consented to the intercourse. I believe she knew the person who killed her. Thank you, Doctor. What? Oh, that second... No, hold on. That second part, again, is speculation. He, yeah. as a pathologist, can can determine it's it's likely to be consensual. But, like, w- whether or not that means she knew who it was? No, 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 no. Objection. Did your written report ever say this was the work of a surgeon? No. And you can't positively exclude the poet, can you? No, but the evidence would suggest... Is the poet case- still at large? Yes. Keith, I've been thinking long and hard about this, and I oh, from, do tell. From henceforth, from from here on out, henceforth would like to be no. I'm trying to. How does that work syntactically? From here on out, I would henceforth like to be known as the poet, the comedian, the comedian. Yeah, that's that's what I want to be known as. <laughs> you mean for your serial killer uh, nickname? Yes, please. Okay, the comedian. All right, so all right, so. Uh, I, let's go with this. Okay. okay, comedian. So what is the comedian's calling card at the murder scene? I tie them up and I make them laugh so hard, right? That Wait, wait. So you put them in stitches? You say that Cindy died from... <laughs> you know what? I'm going to wait. Rob, I want you to roll the booze. <laughs> All right, fine. Exactly? Did you determine that? I didn't say I was the comedian. From the skull <laughs> fracture true. on That's the left. One of us has declared the themselves a comedian <laughs> for yes. all of the internet to hear. Did you ever drop it on the floor? That wasn't the fracture I'm talking about. Did you ever see anybody drop Cindy's head on the floor, Doctor? The head inadvertently rolled off the autopsy table. Hit the floor. <laughs> That's not the trauma that caused her death, Counsel. Happens I to see. all the Legos. You say the absence of vaginal bruising suggests consensual intercourse. Yes. Ever known a rape to occur with no vaginal bruising? Keith, weren't you in an acapella group called Vaginal Bruising? Probably. No, I wasn't. But I was. I'm not even going to address that, but I will say I was in a barbershop quartet called Bass Four. Because all four of us at that point were basses. Uh, There's always a clever twist on a name. Uh, you have to. It's the one of the C rules. sharps or B flats. Doctor, yeah. rape, no bruises. Can that happen? Yes. So it's entirely possible that Cindy Marks was raped and murdered by a non-doctor. That's possible, am I right? Possible, but not likely in my opinion. Uh, yes, yes, your opinion, this suspicion of yours that a surgeon did the killing. When exactly did you come up with this? At the autopsy. At the autopsy. And did you share it with the district attorney? Yes. When? Objection, work product. Overruled. When did you tell the district attorney about your suspicion that the killer was a surgeon? I told her around the time of the autopsy. But you didn't write it down. No. Did she Get ask it, you not to write it down? Objection. Was this suspicion hatched between the both of you yesterday? Objection. Did you deliberately withhold the approach? Bobby is hot right now. 
going to make that my ringtone, you saying that. He is honey for that district attorney. It's the work of a surgeon tasting a little tidbit to leave out, Helen. You knew this witness was going to be saying coffee. We didn't know he was going to be saying surgeon. All right. I said all right. It's unfair surprise if we would have known. Counsel, this is my courtroom. Let the record show that Dex has cracked himself up so much he couldn't continue. Uh, Keith, I want the episode description to include the phrase horny for that district attorney. <laughs> but I'm not striking it. Your Honor. I've made my ruling step back. Uh, it's time for a, a segment we like to call Keith. Tell me what I just missed. <laughs> I was too busy laughing at myself. <laughs> well, they were arguing whether or not uh, the uh, pathologist had inserted the idea of it being a surgeon to Helen, who then used that as the pretense to arrest him using something like speculation as probable cause and such, I believe. But I was also laughing at you, so. Listeners, who the hell knows what happened? Oh, oh, all right, all right, all right, I can explain it now. It was, they were accusing Helen of sitting on the information that the, the Legoing was done by a surgeon, so they could surprise that on um, I what I really like is that the animosity between Bobby and Dark Hair is palpable without having to rehash the whole relationship thing. It's, I guess they did with that sort of news clip, but it hasn't been overt or hit you over the head with it, but yet it's still pl- being played really well by them. Fair enough. Look at that picture of Jimmy just tucked in the corner. <laughs> I'm also here. I'm also in this episode. We can't not introduce the shoe print, Helen. I want to hold it for rebuttal. Rebuttal? Winslow might not even take the stand. I'll take that bet. Helen, we don't have the greatest case here. Exactly. We, we don't have the greatest case. We need to catch him in a lot. Which we can't do if he doesn't testify. Scott. How are we doing? Who's this fucking guy? We can't lose this one, Helen. That's the big cheese. That's his line, and then he walks out? Need to put That's right. The shoe. I want that gig. All right. Under five DNA syllables. is next. We have nothing to fear there. Let them talk. Nobody fidgets or looks worried. If anything, look bored. Send a message to the jury. This stuff doesn't matter. Does anyone here besides me think he did it? <laughs> oh, shit. I'm That's sorry, his wife. But does anyone here even have a theory as to who else? Karen. What, Jeffrey? What? I know you have every right to doubt me. Oh, you're wrong, Jeffrey. I don't doubt you for a second. Okay, so we have some excitement here. Look, Karen. And don't you give me that devoted wife pitch again. Karen, why don't you and I go take a break? Fuck you. Don't tell me when I need to take a break. Yeah, geez. I mean, her husband had an affair and is being charged for murdering that person. I'd be a little pissed, too. Especially if your mind's not made up. Decide whether you're going to testify. Well, I'm going to ask you at various points, like, what you think happened. No, of course not. I'm sorry, sitting in that room today, listening. Karen, I know. I can't do it. I can't play the adoring wife anymore. Ever since this happened, I've been 
pretending that I stand by him, that I... I feel dirty walking in the room with him. I'll say this. Based on what has been presented, and obviously we're just getting snapshots of what's in the courtroom. Right. I have a... Pr- for my me personally, I have a very high bar of reasonable doubt. Like, right. And and thus far, they've presented nothing concrete. There's no DNA. There's no. There's nothing that places him at the scene, aside from a lot of hearsay and a lot of conjecture. So right now, I'm not saying he's innocent, but I'm saying he's not guilty of murder. Okay, fair enough. Well, I mean, I I, I think it's really interesting that we're at this point in the episode, in the arc of this, and we as an audience member have not been told by the show whether he did it or not. And I think it's stronger for that. Yeah, I do too. Betrayed me, and I can't pretend anymore. Karen, listen to me. We have a murder trial, and we have a marriage. And unfortunately, for the sake of the trial, we have to send a signal that the marriage is okay. This tells the jury something. If you believe that he's innocent, murder-wise then you have to pretend marriage-wise just for a little bit longer, Karen. I'd just like to point out, I am innocent murder-wise. Okay. Me too. Okay. You heard it here, folks. Neither one of us have murdered anybody. Moving forward, any domestic dispute you have with your wife over you didn't pick up the eggs, you didn't drop off the laundry, whatever it might be, I think you lead with that. Yeah, I'm... Look, look, I am innocent murder-wise. Okay, (laughs) fine... I, you have to concede that. I haven't done dishes in six weeks, but I am innocent murder When it comes to murder, I have done what I've been 100% asked of. 100% <laughs> no murdering. I, I'm on a no murder streak for almost 40 years. You really think that she could <laughs> decapitate her own daughter? No, but they didn't like each other. And Bobby, now that the surgeon stuff is in, we might have to start suggesting other suspects. No, it's too dangerous. Burdens on them. We don't offer anything. We can't Wait, Lindsay yeah, just well, hypothetically suggested to to the, the mother decapitating her own daughter. Jeffrey would have to testify, which is what I think Helen wants. What? I don't know. Better play that piano. Something's funny. You said exactly the same thing 10 minutes ago. I was just going to say that. Didn't he just say it smelled fishy, but now it's funny? Yes. Yeah, something's funny and fishy, and they played the exact same music cue. Guys, we we got it, David. We got it. We know there's something he doesn't know about. (laughs) As you can see, the nucleotides link up. We have an exact genetic matchup with the defendant. Oh, Keith, nobody told me the nucleotides matched up. Game changer. It really is, and it's time for guy who says nucleotides in normal conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he. You know, I. I say this. Who's that nerd? Uh, My. uh, My younger brother is a uh, doctor doing medical research and says shit like that, and I don't understand what he's saying either. But he has not had to testify. Does he wear a bow tie? He does not wear a bow tie, um, and for the record, I believe he is 100% innocent murder-wise as well. Mm. Objection? <laughs> Conjecture. Conje- true, speculation. Speculation, yes. I, I don't have a lot to base that on. <laughs> I have not personally witnessed him murder anybody, 
Uh, so at least in the time that we've spent together, he is innocent murder-wise. What was he doing anyway, yesterday? I have no idea. Mm. He was he was Something definitely smells guilty fishy. nerd-wise. Something smells fishy. Wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had the piano on behind me. <laughs> Wait, hold on one more time. What what's your brother's name? Which brother are we talking about? Scott. Okay, play that again. We don't know what Scott was doing yesterday. Something smells fishy. Nice. All right, we All right. we did a lot our first live score. I don't know if you'll be able to hear it, but <laughs> I heard it pretty well. You did. All right. Well, good. Okay, where were we? Oh, the nerd. That is Phil Abrams, uh, who you would know from Strange Angel, a Stranger Things. I don't oh. know. I can't write. Uh, he was on Angel. He's in the Mindy Project, Kingdom. He was in Insidious Three and Parenthood. This guy, who I don't know from any specific character that he's done a long time, but he has done a hundred and fifty-two things on IMDb. This guy plays a nerd in everything mm, nucleotide and this nucleotide. skin samples found underneath her fingernails yes the hair samples found on the bed also line up in matching sequences doctor can you crunch all this for us the defendant was in her apartment but dna can't establish that he killed her Only they were having an affair dead. right yes also they let jimmy talk of the poet and Dr. Knopfel, the defendant had access We're to a montage. report on yep. this woman? Yes, he did. Because it was a prior victim of the poet, the autopsy report was faxed all over your hospital, wasn't it? It was juicy copy, and a lot of people had Juicy it. copy. Yes. Ew. Do the hospital phone records show any outgoing call to Dr. Winslow's residence the evening of the murder? No. And if somebody did call him down to the hospital, your phone records would indicate... Now, the last time we had a, a cool montage of litigation, it was done from that really cool crane shot. It was like a time lapse, remember? That's right. Yeah, they did like the whole like this one's twirl. like This one's like a close-up handheld montage of their faces. Less compelling, but still gets the point across. Yes, yes. And it got a little bit close to Helen's ass the there. Anyone hospital but... have personal cell phones? That was her shoulder, but... Yes. It was uh, panning you know, down, can, Keith. A man can dream. Is that it, Ms. Gamble? Put the shoe in now, Helen. If Winslow doesn't testify, they could rest. Reasonable doubt. We have not made our case. Ooh. Prosecution would like to call one last witness. Dun, dun, dun. Here's Kenneth where it is. Fuller. <gasps> this witness is not on their list. He was included in a prior pretrial list. Which had 200 names on it. Get up here, both of you. She is not having it. So they are calling her the victim's ex-boyfriend who has been sitting in the courtroom. Did you see that that extra in the jury box or in the in the uh, audience wearing that scarf for no reason? (laughs) Oh, you don't wear a scarf when you're in court? But like all uh, uh. nothing I ask this witness will constitute unfair surprise. The testimony. I wear an ascot. bother? Because I'm playing a hunch. I'm entitled to do that. All right, I'll see where it goes. Your Honor, this is... If you want to adjourn after to prepare a cross, I'll give it to you. Stop your whining. <whistles> Mr. Fuller. Bobby just got his little bottom spanked. We've he already did. learned a little bit about you from your ex-mother-in-law. You had a bad marriage with Cindy Mark. Is this the poet? 
No, the this, Poe is the actual serial the killer. The Poe right? is the actual serial killer. This is the victim's ex-husband, played by, hold on. Surprise witness, ex-husband. Guy they've shown about 35 times this episode and now just shockingly is in it. There it is. That is played by John Lavacchielli, who was in The Rocketeer and NYPD Blue. He was on MASH Twenty and 21 Jump Street, the original one. You could say that. Forgive me for saying this. a strapping young man. You seem like a scary guy. What? Sustained. Is that where you're going? He looks scary? Actually, yes. Mr. Fuller, you've been in this courtroom every day of the trial. Anybody ask you to come? Objection! Overruled. Anybody perhaps pay you to be sitting here? Objection, work product. Work product? Your Honor, she is going fishing. She's trying to get a communications between the witness and my office. It's work product and it's inadmissible. I think I'd like to ask myself. Yeah, Has me too. Has anyone paid you to come here, Mr. Fuller? You're under oath, sir. Has anyone paid you to come to this courtroom? Mr. Berluti. Him. What the Oh, fuck? snap. How much? $5,000. What the fuck, Jimmy? Yeah. Well, what the fuck that firm? And were you given any special instructions? Just sit here. It looked like I could have killed him. Wow. All right. So, stop here. I have I have a very important hypothetical. Okay. So, your ex-wife has been horribly legoed. There is a huge trial. How much money would it take for you to sit in that courtroom and pretend to be a suspect in that murder? Oof. I mean, I, a lot of, I mean, like, my base humanity would say that I wouldn't want anything to do. I mean, I might want to be there anyway, just because support for somebody or some her family, maybe. But to pay me to look scary, like a to suspect? Be a, intentionally be a red herring possible murder suspect. I got to tell you, Keith. Now, granted, there's been some crazy shit that Bobby's been accused of and whatnot. And there's some, there's some weird ethical stuff. I mean, Helen straight up murdered some cops, but this is up there. This is pretty shady. It's no, it's definitely shady. I don't, you know what? Uh, not only am I 100% murder free, but uh -huh. I don't think that my conscience would allow me to do this. Definitely. I need more than $5,000. Let me just, you know what? Let me. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, let's, uh, let me, let's just unpack that. Okay. So. This, there's no way my conscience would allow me to do something like that. But I, I mean, I definitely need more money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have a legal right. Like hell you We all have our paid consultants sitting out there paid to sit in the room. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding, Helen. Well, Is that the thing that happens often? Paying that man to sit there as a well, consultant, red yes, herring. But... It's the equivalent of putting in false evidence. I didn't call him to the stand. What has happened to you? Look, I'm doing what I have to do to defend my client. I haven't broken any laws here, and I demand that you instruct that jury that I haven't. Well, I'm not going... 
I thought for sure that when she called him, this was going to be the something's fishy. I mean, right. this is something fishy, but it's not clearly what not what Bobby was sniffing. No, no, because we haven't heard the sound cue again. You just condemn me in front of them. And I'd do it again, and I'd love to do it more directly. That's what she said. But I don't want to hand you a mistrial. That little trick was despicable. Oh, you don't think that she does that? I'm talking now. You're right. Technically, you get to slide by, but barely. Bobby. Barely. Barely, Bobby. Barely. Barely. You told her. I didn't tell so her. Why couldn't you just pluck that out of the sky, She's Lindsay? smart, Bobby. Oh, don't you please. go accusing oh, me of coming right. out right. of your matron. Oh, thank you, Rebecca. You want to take over the case now? It was stupid. You had the case one and you know you did. And now, that jury isn't going to trust a thing you say. And why should they? All right. Thank you, Rebecca Let's not turn Cricket. On each other. The case hasn't gotten any better and the burden is on them. Well, we certainly can't rest on that note. No, we can't. We got to put on a defense. Is Karen ready? Yeah, duh. The wife Do you remember who what accused time her husband, husband of doing it? House. A few minutes past ten. And when he returned? Around midnight. I was still awake. Can you please describe his demeanor for the court? Completely different camera shot than we've ever seen before. That weird kind of reverse isometric court? shot. It was normal. He complained that the page was unnecessary, that I could have waited till morning. But he was calm. Yes. His usual self? Yes. Mrs. Winslow, can you tell us how long it takes to get from Weston to Mass General where your husband works? At that hour, you can make it in about 35 minutes. So he would need an hour and 10 minutes travel time? Right. Mrs. Winslow. That's a lot. Are you angry at your husband? I don't know if anger is a strong enough word. Do I love him? Yes. Do I also hate him? Yes. Good testimony. But despite your angry feelings, here today Good you sit by, uh, on his behalf. Uh, I'm you think there's by that man's side for any reason years. Eleanor is dressed as a ninja? I know him as well as I know myself. It is inconceivable she's, uh, that he's going to do a sneak What he's been accused of. You seem pretty sure. Whatever his faults. He is not a murderer. That is the nicest thing you've ever said to me, honey. <laughs> not a murderer. What? Well, you know, Thank you very much. innocent on the, in the murderish way. Murder-wise. Good work by Eleanor. You say you know him. You didn't know he was having an affair, though, did you? No. So he is able to conceal certain truths from you, isn't he? He didn't kill that woman. Who is this person sitting in the second row by the aisle? Beverly Walton. She's my neighbor. The day of your husband's arrest, did you tell her you thought your husband did kill Cindy Marks? Did uh -oh. you tell Beverly Walton you thought your husband did murder Cindy Marks? I was still in shock over the affair. I was speaking out of hurt and anger. You did say that. I was lashing out. I didn't mean you sit here today saying it's inconceivable. I would like to, for the record, officially state that your wife, Keith, yes, has never accused you of murder. That's to, true. To 100%, me, percent to me, to you. To, I mean, yeah. No, I mean, I mean that's speculation. I object. You don't know. You're right. She's never accused you of murder to me. 
to you specifically. Yeah. Well, that said, I rarely ever speak to Jillian with you not present. So that's true. So maybe she hasn't had the opportunity to like whisper in your ear. Oh, by the way, he kills people. Yeah, that's true. But he doesn't have a serial killer name like the comedian. For your husband to commit murder. And yet to this woman, you said he probably did commit murder. I don't think he killed her. There was a context. That was just a slip of the tongue, then. Objection. Sustained. Mrs. Winslow, you also testified to timeline. Two hours. Ten to midnight hour commute. Do you remember speaking with me and Detective McCree the day after the murder? Yes. Did you not tell us then that your husband returned home around 1 a.m.? I was wrong. It was 12. You were wrong. The day after, you said one. But three months later at trial, your memory is fresher. Now, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Pause. You know, what I, you know what I just realized? If this still isn't the secret surprise, right? And Helen knew that the wife had said to the neighbor she thought the husband did it why wouldn't she have put that in into the, the prosecution's case? Because the defense could have rested, and that never would have entered the courtroom. Yeah, and that that's not the thing that her co-counsel was telling her he, she had introduced. He said the shoe right. thing, right? The shoe, the shoe print. So we haven't gotten to the shoe print yet. So she just risked not getting into the record that the wife said she thought the husband did it. Well, maybe she thinks maybe it's that's beneath her. Maybe she doesn't like those tactics, but it took Bobby to do that shady thing for her to bring out her shady thing. Bullshit. She used cops to kill somebody like two episodes ago. I know. I was just but until you pointed out that sort of uh, MacGuffin, I was going to say that thus far we're exactly halfway through the episode and, you know, things are looking real dire for the defense. So I was going to just compliment the pacing of this episode so far. Yeah. Well, but unfortunately, the pacing of her case has been a little suspect, according to Keith. The pacing's good, the casing's not. Mm. Saying that, I didn't remember. All right. Bullshit! We still got a long way to go. Let's not panic. My own wife shouts out to somebody, he did it, let's not panic. Come on, Jeffrey. (laughs) Did you kill her? You did, didn't you? You killed her. Excuse me? You retain everything, Karen. You wouldn't Whoa. forget saying... Okay, things just, not to do when on trial for murder. Yes. Flip out and aggressively berate your wife in front of every lawyer. Well, berate, he accused her of killing her. And then he... And threw a chair. Well, potentially. We didn't. We just saw a close-up of the chair hit the ground. We didn't really see him kick it, so... It could have been Jimmy. That's yeah. true. He did it to Beverly. You Jimmy wouldn't forget could have been reaching for a meatball sub and it fell down. <laughs> I object, well, Keith. That, that is fat shaming. That is fat shaming. Perfect revenge. That Jimmy Berluti. Are you out of your mind? Maybe I am. Oh boy. All of this pretending to be by my side, and then you get up there on the standing. He has feelings. No, maybe you. Maybe you went up there, knowing full well that the DA would pick you to pieces on cross. Oh, ooh, perfect, Karen. Perfect. Oh. Once again, about the pacing. Now they're having him sort of act out of violent and stuff. It's like they're really keeping you. They're keeping you on that razor's edge. I like it. 
Yeah, well, and, oh, and a really good it. performance from Chris Sarandon here Absolutely. because, like, it, that's so big and yet still, like, believable and not, not like he's really overdoing it. It's, mm-hmm. It seems to live in the world of the show, so... Good job, Chris. Good job. There might be an oopsie in your future. Unfortunately, you no, might there have to, might be. we might have to take it away from you to give it to Tom Brady. Wow, for him to <laughs> accuse me, he really must be innocent. We have a small budget here. We can only afford so many oopsies. <laughs> that what you want me to think? That what this little tantrum is about? Trial has been suspended for the rest of the day, but tomorrow will be the day everyone has been... The Just for those of you watch, uh, listening at home, the... Reporter on TV's name is Carlos Granda. Salivating for Jeffrey Winslow. It's a great And also, yeah, see, it is the diegetic camera that's whipping around like crazy. We got some great vocab words today. Diegetic. uh, Yeah. What was the the science-y one? I have no idea. Nucleopic Uh, or something like that? (laughs) Nucleopic. Uh, yes, and murder-wise. Where is he? With Jimmy Innocent murder-wise. I like the change in the lighting plea. here. A plea. The you sort of twilight coming into the window. Mm-hmm. It's a nice touch. Beck, you probably have most distance. Where's your head? Beyond a reasonable doubt, I don't know. But I definitely think the guy did it. Maybe we should just throw out a feeler, see if there's anything to even consider. All that wonderful saturation. Thank you, The Office. I mean, the practice. <laughs> Not a chance. Helen, you have That's a different podcast. To satisfying burden of then why are you here? Because the stakes are so high. Murder 2 is the best you get. That's automatic life. Why would we even think about he that? She chopped her into pieces. What are you looking for? A battery? Should we just write him a little speeding ticket? This is more about beating me, isn't it? Beating you is extra. Helen, maybe oh, you're snap. not seeing straight. You haven't done so great on the elements here. You have to know that. Then I'll lose. I know Helen Gamble well enough. She's got another card in her hand. Only you can know what it is. I don't. You screw me, you screw yourself. If I'm going to save you from life in prison, tell me what I don't know, because I guarantee you, she knows. Wait, 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 stop. I have something very important for you to do. Me? Right, so, we're, so yeah, we're, we're about to find out what the secret thing is. So I'm, okay. I, I'm, going to, I'm going to underscore it for you, and I need you to make the confession. I was at the apartment that day, and there's proof somehow, security camera, something. I was there. All day. What's that? (laughs) Okay, you were there. Okay, fair enough. That's all I got. That's all I can come up with. That's all you got. All right. Tell me now. What is it? I went there that night. Yeah! <laughs> I made love to her in the afternoon, and I went back at night to see her. And, um... Ooh, flashback. I saw her like that. Oh, he like, found her? Dead. Oh, you're fucked. All cut up. Like a is the term. Her head. I saw it. But I didn't. I didn't do it, Bobby. I didn't. Oh you do well. That? Guess what? Too bad. <laughs> Too bad, man. You withheld that you were there and you saw her head cut off and you didn't tell anybody. Oh, you're fucked. I just left. 
I went home. I was afraid. I thought that if I called the police, the affair would be on the front page. Eugene, Jimmy. Bobby, I... He was there the night of the murder. Helen knows it. How she knows it has to be in those discovery documents. Otherwise, she'd be guaranteeing a mistrial. I don't understand. Way to go, she dummy, for not noticing that. Why she put it into evidence? She didn't want us to be able to explain it. She was counting on you taking the stand and saying you weren't there that night under oath. Then she springs what she's got on rebuttal. She's caught you in a lie and you're dead. I don't know. That's a little dicey. It's going to cost her. Gonna, well, that was well, a I face. Mean, I mean, it's hardly that is hardly an underhanded tactic. Try to catch the the guy in a lie. Oh, of course. Well, I mean, it, I don't think it's underhanded at all. It's no. risky because if if it doesn't put him on the stand, then she doesn't get to put it in. But it's not underhanded. I mean, that's her job. Footprints. What? In the DNA discovery, she turned over hair. Blood, prints, hand, and foot. I'll turn to the supplemental discovery. Blood on floor. You stepped in blood. That's what she's got. Footprints. So technically, she's covered with the discovery rules. Oh, but she played hide the ball. They did take my shoes when they searched. Okay, okay. We play this straight. We just diffuse her can Wait, before she so ever gets to shoot it. How is it that Jimmy doesn't at least bring up the fact that they found footprints? And he doesn't bring up the fact that they took his shoes. Well, how do they get caught flat chewed on this? Boo. Testimony on the way. Let's go. They're they're not gum shoes. No, they're blood <laughs> shoes. There's a lot of reporters there. And a boom mic. We made love, then I went home. In the middle of the afternoon. Yes. And that's why you had these scratches on your back. Yes. Now, doctor, I need to ask the question everybody in this room is asking. Did you kill Cindy Marks? No, I didn't. I... This isn't easy to say in front of my wife. But I did love Cindy. Oh. I could never do anything to hurt her. Well, you have to admit that it's, it's a little coincidental that she was killed on the same day that you were there. I'm afraid it's a little more incriminating than that, Mr. Donald. I'm ashamed to say this because I didn't report it, but... Uh, ashamed? To say what? <laughs> oh, they are not acting this well. I went back to the house that night. <laughs> you went back there? Yes. Uh, I walked in. Well, but here, I don't. I don't think it's bad acting from the standpoint of the actors. No, I no, I agree with you. The, the, the you. characters themselves are doing a little skit. Correct. Right. She was dead. Which actually being able to differentiate is really terrific acting correct. on the part also, of the actual also actor correct. actors. Well, but I guess it's I, what I should say is actor. behind the fourth wall, they are laying it on a little thick. Right. Well, I mean, it's it's because we haven't had uh, all of the years of the little fake skits on reality TV shows, <laughs> like uh, you know, like if you do like a house flop or whatever, and on the six hundred pound life, they all have to like do a little skit. We're like, I wonder if Doctor Now is going to take me on, and yet you know, you're on season eighteen, and we all know he's going to take you on. Um, maybe one of my favorite people of all time is Doctor Now. By the way, 
because Hello. he has How's zero bedside manner. Doing? He's so pissed at these people at all times. <laughs> I can't believe you not lose any weight, David. Um, Hello. There was blood everywhere. I, we were having an affair. I was afraid of the implications and the publicity, so I, I panicked and I went home. But I swear, I didn't kill her. I didn't. Thank you, Doctor. I mean, that's a gamble. Oh, now the look at Helen wasn't particularly necessary, Bobby. But that was also a gamble. No Helen Gamble. You know what? Zing. That was good. That was a good one. <laughs> Credit where credit's due. <laughs> now, I will say, even though we know there's some pathology there because she's put out a hit on people and Bobby has played fast and loose with the law all over the time, they're sort sure. of like looks at each other, like they're sort of like get your backs using this guy's life in this case is pretty fucking disgusting. No, totally. Like, it's gross. This is definitely more important than your sex life, guys. Voluntary manslaughter, eight years. Take it or leave it. Too late, Helen. I can still win this. You know, it was a nice try burying the shoe prints. Wow, you can, you, re can you really imagine? All right, let's pretend they take that plea. And in the press, for Legoing a woman, you get a voluntary manslaughter in eight years. You probably serve five or six of that. Crazy. And you play dirty. Oh, I play dirty? You let's not forget the your first They better not make out here, Keith, or I'm out. Going to the podcast is over. Wow, wow. High stakes. Stop shouting. That's a great little scene, though. If not horrific and disgusting. <laughs> Those are the best ones. Take it or leave it. Leave it. Yeah. I'm team Bobby right here. I don't know why. Maybe because <laughs> he liked our post. I Probably, probably, yeah. That'll do shot, it. Helen. Guys, if you want us to be on your side in a murder you trial, like well. us on Instagram. You got a shot. Now isn't the time to collapse. I'm not about to collapse. would stab that bitch who called you from the hospital that night nobody you never got a call to go to the hospital i told my wife i did but i was really going to see cindy you lied to your wife yes i think that's been, been established lying to your wife yeah. for a year about this affair that's true a person who lies is a liar would you agree with that i lied about some things so by your own admission, a liar, you liar, be a liar, pants on fire. Would you agree with that? Yes. Keith, this is a. Uh... Did you ever threaten to kill? That's Cindy going Max? a little, maybe no, a step beyond. I did not. Are you a liar, Doctor Winslow? <laughs> Objection sustained. If Cindy Marks were to say she feared physical danger from you, would she be a liar? She would certainly be mistaken. If Cindy Marks were to say she feared physical danger from you, then three days later turned up decapitated. That would only be a little coincidence. Objection. There's no evidence of any threats or any statements by Cindy Marks concerning threats. The objection is sustained. I don't want to hear any more mention of threats, Ms. Gamble. Yeah, because like what you she just said, you love said Cindy like, Marks. hey, you know, yes. if Keith said he was going to murder you involved. with a pickaxe. Yes, I suppose so. 
Would that be suspicious? Well, yeah. For the record, Keith has never threatened me or anyone else, to my knowledge, with a pickaxe. That's that's true. That's true. Hundred percent innocent, murder-wise. With a pickaxe, specifically. With a pickaxe, specifically. Returned home. Was that your testimony? Yes. You never called the police. I explained that. And that doesn't mean that I wasn't horrified by her death. You ever share your horror with anyone? No. The next day, what did you do? I will say this, Keith. Yeah. If you witnessed, whether you were having an affair or not, if you saw someone be decapitated. Right. Close up. And right. you weren't horrifically fucked up in the head because of it. And hand and feet cap. A, a potato feed Legoed, feed potato. For, for lack of a better Legoed. term, Legoed. Legoed, yeah. And weren't like so fucked up that you had to see a therapist to talk to somebody and you were as had your shit together as much as this guy does? That's still that is suspicious. Not not criminal, but suspicious. Yeah, fair, fair. I went to work. Did you have a nice day? Keith. Yes. Did I ever tell you I once saw a man decapitated? Uh you have not. Uh story for another day. Work doctor. <laughs> wait, 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 you really have? Uh, yeah, it was disturbing. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I need to hear that story. It was in a, a motor accident that we had passed. Um, oh, fuck. Yeah, Jesus. It's crazy. After discovering the mutilated body of someone you loved. I need to go to my therapist just because I heard about your story. not to notify the police, was it because you were afraid of being implicated in the affair or implicated in her death? I suppose both. In your medical training, you did a rotation in psychiatry. A long time ago. Let me ask you, in your experience, when a person at a crime scene chooses to run from that crime scene, would that be more an indication of innocence or of guilt? It's not always binary. I am innocent. Are you a liar, Dr. Winslow? Objection! Sustained! It did some damage, though. That was pretty great. I mean, she was effective, I should say. Yeah. That's a good we scene, are too. exactly where we started. He had an affair with her, and he was at the scene the night of her death. Oh, wait. That's you know what I think it is? It's closing time. Time to put your case to bed. It's closing. Established period. For the defense, Bobby Donald. Bobby McDonald. Do they have a fingerprint on the murder weapon? They don't even have the weapon. Do they have a credible eyewitness? They don't have any eyewitnesses. Aside from my client. Where's the case? He didn't seem upset enough the day after that he went to work? Where's the case? He had an affair with the victim, and he was in her apartment. That's their case in its entirety. Now, you want to believe that Jeffrey Winslow is guilty? I suppose you could. But beyond reasonable doubt? And let's not forget, despite the district attorney's great efforts to depict Jeffrey Winslow as a liar, he didn't have to tell you he went back there that night. 
Prosecution never told you that. And there Jeffrey. was Helen's mistake. Jeffrey did. Because he was under oath. And under oath, he told you another truth. And he was wearing underwear. He didn't kill Cindy Marks. Say it a little slower next time. Now, is it true that I have had both a member of my staff as well as the assistant the evidence points to a district attorney? Yes, it is it true. Sure, but likely. But that the does not mean. Points to consensual sex. Possible it was rape with no bruising. Sure. Sure. But likely. The evidence proves he was there that night. Possible he just happened to walk in after. Sure. But likely. The victim was killed the same way a woman showed up dead in his hospital where he got to read the autopsy report. Mm. Possible that's just a coincidence? Yes. Sure. But likely? They've got a lot of possibilities. And in each and every instance, they're asking you to accept the most unlikely of explanations. Now, Keith, I'd like to say, I know we're in closing time, we're not supposed to talk over it, but I should point out that the word she's using here, possibilities, if you substitute doubt, she's sort of confirming their entire case. Yeah, yeah. How's this one? He knows she's definitely making a, a circumstantial case. Who decapitates and severs hands. And yet, according to his testimony, when he walked in that room and saw Cindy Marks decapitated with severed hands, his very first instinct was, oh no, they might think I did this. Mm. Isn't that a little odd? No, that's exactly what I think. Wouldn't the natural reaction be, it's obvious who did this? It's the poet? And wouldn't he assume that the police officers would say the same? Hmm. Is it possible to believe what Jeffrey Winslow is telling you? Sure. But remember, his very own wife, as devoted as she was in that witness chair, she told her neighbor, I think he did it. Better whisper. Way to mute the sneeze. I'm a well pro, played. man. I'm a pro. Okay. All right. So wait, pause it right there. There... Eleanor is wearing a giant brooch in the shape of a chair. It's there's no like symbol or anything like that. It's just like a wooden chair on her collar. And it's huge enough so that we need so that we can see clearly what it is. And I I did screenshot it. Okay, great. I want to know what does the chair mean? I I went online and like is it some sort of like a, a death penalty? like protest thing or whatever i couldn't find anything as to what the chair means so now we Cameron, don't research anything on this show no and i tried, went down a I rabbit tried hole to be the better of podcast. what is the brooch 
what is the brooch? So, uh, I, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to tag Cameron in the Instagram post and see if she answers. What does the chair mean? Now, Keith, granted, I generally, you know, root for our team, even though they are often a little, a little dicey. But, uh, in this particular case, uh, I had I I think as a jury with just the limited amount of evidence I've been given I'm I'm gonna have to say not guilty. Yeah, I, w- I was gonna ask you as a as a jury. So so not guilty based on I have not res- being I, able to prove the case. Yeah, I have doubt. Yeah, fair enough. And murder is murder, and the that, no. And that, I I thought at this point in the episode I thought so too. If this is a civil litigation where the preponderance it's a preponderance of doubt and not reasonable doubt. Uh, I might vote differently, but this is a criminal statute, and I'm going to say not guilty. Yeah. I agree. We're unanimous on our jury. The jury of two straight white males says... (laughs) We'll tell you what's right and wrong and what to do about it. Because we went to music school. (laughs) At least you graduated. Therefore, <laughs> therefore, we know everything. The defendant will please rise. What's gonna happen? Mr. Foreman, please read us your verdict. Commonwealth versus Winslow. On the charge of murder in the first degree. Wait, no. Now stop the it. Jury- All right, so... Y- if you were the jury, not guilty, what do you think the verdict is going to be? Well, I mean, we don't usually lose, so I'm going to say not guilty. Okay. We find the defendant, Jeffrey Winslow, guilty. Oh! Oh, snap! He just blew a million dollars and is going to go to jail for it. Settle down. Each person in this room to stay silent. Your Honor, I want the jury polled. Very well. Members of the jury, you will each now stand and declare your unanimous vote. Let's start well, left has to, to right, oh, right, back row first. Guilty. This is the way to bully the jury. Guilty. 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 Well, all hands on deck. We lose. Guilty. 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 I think his wife fucked him there. Ooh. Guilty. We're zooming in on his wife's face. Who looks hella satisfied. Guilty. That is a full-on grin from the wife. So hold on, Keith. Is that grin, I'm satisfied because you cheated on me and then... Now I put you away, or is that a, I killed that woman because I, I knew you were having an affair, and I got away with it, and you're going to jail for me? Well, that's the question, isn't it? Did you screenshot this? I didn't. Uh, no, I did not screenshot that particular face. Because that would be a good poll question. I mean, is this the face of yeah. some... Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure... Sh- I think the show's point of view is... She did it. That she killed him. Yeah. Because, you know, they wouldn't have... Like, they set this shot up. Mm-hmm. They, they very much, like, put it in quotation marks. They highlighted 
going to her while they all said guilty and her smirk. And, you know, we didn't clock it when we went through, but he literally laid out what she would have done. Right. You know, that she found out about the affair. She killed it and blamed it on the poet, but also did it was sophisticated enough to make it to use surgical cuts to make it look like he did it. You know, Keith, what I think this might take a little bit of due diligence on our part. And by our part, I mean, probably your part. That won't um, happen. Yeah, but let me just let me just put this out there. You know what? My on our page where we rank our spare tires, you might 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 also be a good tally to keep. Yeah. How many murders we believe have been committed that have gotten away with it? Oh, we've got Larroquette. We've got uh, right the police officers that were murdered. We've got got uh, the beginning of season two where uh, Bobby's girlfriend. At least I interpreted it to mean that she did it. Right. We've got. Her- because this is the second episode that has closed on a woman smirking, mm-hmm. making us think that she got away with murder. Interesting. Especially if we go to black on this, then it's confirmed. Yeah, it's confirmed. She did it. Yeah, yeah she totally did it. Opening arguments were yesterday. Okay. Oh, well, man. now that was interesting. Wow. Hey, we I- got our way. That was great. Fun, huh? That was a great episode, man. We are now 20 episodes done in season two in the longest season of all time. (laughs) It is literally the longest season of television of like scripted (laughs) full hour drama because there are 20 Eight. We still have eight more oh, episodes. Shit. Okay. All right. We'll be into we the have f- another we'll two be f- full months. We'll be fully into the football season by the time we close this shit down. Oh yeah. No. Exactly. It's no. We're gonna we're gonna be like uh, the Giants will already have been eliminated by that. <laughs> Mathematically eliminated. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. The oh Giants. my goodness. All right. Well, we have a lot of very important things. To discuss, starting with... Oh, man. Well, I mean, I think it stands to reason that Helen Gamble is the most... She won the case. She nailed the guy. she... I mean, like, while I don't think she met the burden of proof for either one of us, she took a pretty bad case with no forensic evidence and even making some mistakes. That last interaction with Chris Sarandon, I think, really did him in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So are, are we saying uh, congratulations to dark hair Helen Gamble unanimously? Yeah, dark hair, you did it. Okay, well, congratulations, Helen Gamble, with your uh, your first, I think your first win against Bobby? Head-to-head, at least. Head-to-head? That's all yeah, I can confirm. Well, yeah, actually, I don't remember. So, a better podcast, but that's not us. Okay, well, good job with that, and now it is time. Already famous because you've been on TV, getting a page. Watch the first entry on your IMDb, way to go, and you're the best. Guest actor, you are the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor on the episode. Yeah, 
Okay. So I think for myself, I think we get a a a, a solid shout out to both uh, Jacqueline Hahn and Chris Sarandon as the husband and wife couple of the Sarand of the Winslows, Jeffrey Winslow, yes. Karen Winslow, and. Look at you pulling up IMDb. Yeah, I figured I could. I don't want to sound like a total douchebag every episode. For <laughs> not, not thirty not, episodes yeah. in. <laughs> hey, you know what? Iteration, baby. Slightly better each time. Um. Uh, I think they both held their cards really well because none of this is as effective. I think if we don't get the, if we know going in, like you said, who done it, right? Right. We're, we're kind of we have to be on that razor's edge the whole time, and I think they both played their hands well. Uh, that last shot, I can't give it to her so much as much as it was framed that way, it was set up that way. I think the heavier burden was carried by Chris Sarandon. So, uh, not you know, he totally played that line of being looking so guilty, but claiming his innocence, withholding information, claiming his innocence, and we still never, even when people on Bobby's team were like, he did it. Right. We still right. never really knew, and that's I think that's harder to portray than it might seem. And so for that reason, my vote goes for Chris Sarandon as Dr. Jeffrey Winslow. Yeah, no, totally agreed. I, I think he did a really good job. I mean, it was he had a really difficult it it's a difficult job to just keep proclaiming your innocence as an actor, because you know, it it's like a it's sort of a one note thing. But I thought the scene with, with his wife and where he actually diagnosed what happened. Um, I thought he played that really well. So yeah, uh, congratulations. However, Sarandon. stop, oh, stop oh, the applause. Wait. I stopped the applause. Keith, I need you to play me that uh, that little bit of uh, underscore again. Oh, okay. All right, hold on. Hold because on. it's time for one of our first ever last minute s- beat changes. Oh, oh, wait. All right, now that something else. It's a swerve. Here at the Out of Practice Podcast, a promise is a promise. And though we are unanimous with Jeffrey Winslow, but played by Chris Randon, deserving this oopsie, unfortunately, we're going to have to take it from his cold, dead hands and, what? Give, and give it to Tom Brady, as it's been promised he would get no. an oopsie this week. No, no, hold on. Objection, objection. Where the hell is the... Uh, oh, wait, hold on. No. Objection! No. Objection! All right, so you're going to steal the trophy, try to give it to Tom Brady. Well, I'm going to Eli Manning the shit out of this and take it back out of Interception off Brady. the helmet! <laughs> I'm going to helmet catch this and say, <laughs> no! Tom Brady does not get best guest actor. If we If he gets an oopsie, he has to earn it. Oh, and we'll have to invent him a category, which we asked the audience earlier to help establish a category. So, Keith, are you telling me that we're going to swerve the swerve? We're going to swerve the swerve! <laughs> so after all that, Chris Sarandon, congratulations! <laughs> yes, all of that wow. for a fake award that doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> Oh, oh, where were we? Oh, okay, great, yeah. You killed your podiatrist or blew the case But you let a single tear run down your face 
You're the best actor on the show. Well, it was really kind of an ensemble effort today. Uh, yeah. But I think I have to narrow it down to both Bob. I mean, it's really at the at the center of all of this is a weird girlfriend boyfriend rom com. <laughs> it's <laughs> rom com murder com. Yeah, rom murder com of Bobby and Helen. Uh, the question is who acted better. Well, this is interesting because it gets back to uh, what happened earlier in the season when we had the Great American Cry-Off mm-hmm. between Bobby and Helen. It came down to the two of them before. Who won that time? Helen, right? I, I believe we split. Hmm. Well, there were no tears shed this time. No tears, but there was a, there was a lot going on there. <sighs> this is tough. This is tough. If only one of them had liked one of our posts to sway me. Oh! <laughs> I just wow. I just think apparently that, oopsies can be bought. Now I know that our our dear listener really loves really loves um uh oh my god. Oh, <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're doing but I am not helping you. Oh my I god. I am not helping you. Why is she not credited? Oh my god. Where is she? You can't. Where is she? One of the main characters Why on the show. Is she you not don't there? know their name. Oh, what is the name of the famous she's got, actress she's got three who's names. on the show? She's got three names. <laughs> oh, Laura Flynn Boyle. I'm sorry. Holy oh shit. Oh my god, you are such a mess. <laughs> oh my god, terrible. Better podcast. Um I know our dear listener loves loves uh Oh my god, what? I just forgot it again! <laughs> oh, Lara Flynn Boyle. Anyway. I, I no, felt like you know it- what? You know what? You have to you're gonna you have to be punished for that one. <sighs> I should know her name. I should know her name. I should know her name, but I don't remember. <sighs> we are we are so off the rails. No way that I, so... I, was, I was just about to pat myself on the back and say this has been a pretty good episode. Um, oh wait! Speaking of just throwing ourselves completely off the uh, off the rails even further, I have one more thing. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. So last week. We were discussing whether or not anybody listened all the way to the end of the show during the playout. Mm -hmm. And so we challenged our audience to say to us laser sounds if they actually heard all the way to the end. And my brother texted me laser sounds. You know what? Not only that, one more thing. Play conspiracy theory again. Okay. Conspiracy theory. I think that your brother is Tom Brady and Ah! is also the only person who listens to this goddamn podcast. Ooh, that's interesting. Uh, Part two, I believe 100%. (laughs) 100% would believe that Sean is our only listener. Now, why do you think he's not Tom Brady? Because he's above creating a fake Gmail account and sending us emails every couple weeks? Yes. Also, he spends like 12 hours a week editing our other podcasts and has no time for that shit. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to give it 
to Bobby Donnell as Dylan McDermott. Are you? Mm hmm. So Bobby Donnell plays Dylan McDermott. God damn it! <laughs> <sighs> well, be that as it may, Keith. Okay, well, congratulations, Bobby Donnell, on your uh, best actor. Uh, really interesting part. Uh, really varied. Uh, done a lot of different things. Uh, I'm not above uh, gratuitous black uh, bribery, and uh, that like really swayed it for me today. I just think he... Okay, fair, fair enough. Well, I, on, on the other hand, do have integrity, mm -hmm. uh, and I only take bribes in cash. And uh, so, therefore, I'm going to give it to Lara Flynn Boyle, whose name I remember... <laughs> Who I, who I thought is uh, it Lara? Lara, Lara. You said Lara. Lara, Lara. I don't know Lara. I would think, but who knows? Okay, uh, Instagram, uh, Lara Flynn Boyle fan. Lara, te please tell us on Instagram whether it's Lara or Lara. Yeah. Uh because if, if I weren't such basically so somebody lazy, write us to prove that it's not just Keith's brother. God damn it! <laughs> somebody. Save us from the train wreck that is the last 10 minutes of this episode. <laughs> so, uh, congratulations to Bobby Donnell and Lara Flynn Boyle for your shared oopsie, which only mercifully leaves us. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. I loved this episode. I thought it was full of drama, it was full of intrigue. I thought the performances were great. There were some great scenes. Uh, I loved the sort of Avengers Assemble nature of it. I loved seeing how both sides were working. I was equally as invested. They didn't give as much time to the prosecution, but regard. But that said, we did get some. We did get some uh, inside baseball on their side as well. So uh, I don't think I liked it as much as the Death Row episode, which I think is probably at my highest rated currently. But it's up there. I think it's in my pantheon of top episodes in my in my limited uh, sample size currently. Fair so enough. So I'm going to give it an 8.75 spare tires. 8.75. Ooh, all right. Yeah, no, I mean, I like this episode. I, I, think, it's, I think it's a good episode. I liked a lot of the beats. Um, but, you know, personally, it... It was close, but never quite got there for me. Um, I, I think the setup last week had me so excited for the twists and turns of this case, and it wasn't quite as twisty and as turny as I wanted it to be. Um, I thought the ending two acts on the exact same beat of like, something smells fishy, mm -hmm. something's going, like it, it, it repeated the same beat as act closers, which felt a little bit, it it felt like this this was like the second to finished draft and they needed to go back to the writer's room and just polish it up by like two hours so I like I liked it I thought it was there was just a little bit of not quite meeting the expectations I had for it but it's definitely a better than average episode so I'm gonna give it an eight okay I'll take it so that brings us to, if my math holds correctly, and by math I mean calculator. Here we go, math. Whoops, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, apparently, according to my calculator, a 14.75. I must have clicked plus. Oh my plus. god, it broke the scale. 
<laughs> oh, hold on. So 14. Oh, my God. What a great episode. Point seven. 14 points. That's not even right. That can't, that's not even met. Hold on. Keith, talk for a second. <laughs> Wait. You just realized that 14 wasn't right? No, I mean, <laughs> I. Said... Wait, 14 can't be right. It's only on a scale of 1 to 10. So an 8.375. There you go. All right. Well, that gets us... Uh, that's a pretty good episode. Pretty solid. I think that'll probably get it in the top 10 on our ranking. Now, Keith, you want to hear something pretty interesting? Do. The IMDb ranking for that episode was an 8.3. Holy shit. We are perfectly in sync with IMDb. Well... That's pretty good. The only thing I object to is the stupid name of this episode. Well, I couldn't even say it, so... Oh, that's a good I'm not even gonna. I'm not even going to try. Ladies and gentlemen, hey, we'd, like, we'd like to thank you for listening. If you'd like to write to us, please do so at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com or check us out at blogspot.outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com or follow us on <laughs> any of the social medias at outofpracticepodcast. The only thing we can promise you is to continue our trend of mediocrity and that we have never been accused or convicted of murder. We will continue to be mediocre with a chance of shit show. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you to Keith's brother for listening all the way to the end of the episode and for potentially creating a fake Gmail account to write us as Tom Brady. If you're the real Tom Brady, please prove it to us somehow. We're going to need proof this time. No, I absolutely, truly, I think it's really Tom Brady. I need a selfie on the field of the next preseason game. And the only way to clearly Lego someone with no trace is to use laser sounds. Laser sounds. What is Wisdom of One? Wisdom of One is the story of me, the brave and powerful hero, Skankross 7 and counting. Wisdom of One, there's like all these crazy adventures that we go on. It always has something new. (laughs) This podcast has many, many personality disorders in evidence. See if you can spot them all. The one telling the story is shockingly repressed. Yet another Dungeons and Dragons comedy podcast. Interrupted by long stretches of grunting from Dagon and pointless NPC nonsense you should skip through. Sometimes it's just more fun than real life, I guess. So find us on your podcatcher of choice. Give us a listen, rate, and review us. We need your help there for sure. Wisdom of one. Failure is a way of life. Charisma of 20 bucks.